Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and other experts in the food and beverage industry about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. As U.S. consumers continue to embrace a healthier lifestyle focused more on prevention rather than treatment, they increasingly are looking to their diet as a way to promote wellness. In doing so, they're looking for products that are natural, clean, and have added health benefits. As a result, sales in the organic and natural channel are booming, while those in the conventional channel are falling a little bit flat. According to recent Packaged Facts research, the natural channel will reach a record $69 billion by the end of this year, which is a 12% increase over the prior year. At the same time, the conventional channel is holding steady at best. A subsection of this category is organic, sales of which the Organic Trade Association just announced reached a new high of $43.3 billion in 2015. This is up a robust 11% from last year's also record level, allowing the segment to capture 5% of the overall U.S. market food share. But beyond the general perception that natural and organic foods are somehow healthier than conventional foods, what is driving consumer interest in this space? And more importantly, what will drive product innovation in 2017? To find out, I'm joined by Jim Emmy, who is the CEO of Now Health Group, which is one of the largest independent manufacturers of natural products in the U.S. health food store channel and has more than 1,400 products, including dietary supplements, functional foods, and health and beauty products. Jim, thanks for joining me. A lot of the growth that we're seeing in the natural and organic channels comes not just from the longtime consumers investing more, but from new consumers who are entering the category. And as anyone knows who has maybe moved to a new city or started a new job, it can be really scary to do something new unless you have a map or friends who can help you navigate the space. And in the food and beverage industry, brands often fill the role of those friends or product labels serve as that map. Can you talk a bit about how new shoppers in the natural and organic space evaluate whether brands are trustworthy friends or share their values and about the importance of truth and labeling for building future sales. Well, it's no surprise to us that consumers are relying more and more on friends and non-traditional media like bloggers to get information as to whether or not brands are trustworthy or uh, even even to get more information on a, on a product. Uh, our We've never spent a lot of money on marketing our brand. Uh, we've we've tended to rely on the education of retailers uh, and recommendations of retailers and word of mouth uh, uh, to get the name of the now brand out there, even though we're doing more outreach uh, today than ever before. Uh, however, one thing that we have been doing recently in the last two years is we've been inviting influencers and bloggers to, to now to visit our manufacturing facility and our laboratories to get a behind-the-scenes look at our manufacturing processes and operation. We've been doing that for a long time with uh, retail customers, uh, but we felt it was time to take a chance in in the way of whether or not the the bloggers would be effective. I guess that's, that's the only risk of it, but it's worked out very well for us because 
the bloggers and influencers we're finding are an effective way to get accurate information out to consumers, many of whom never knew of our brand or the reputation of our company. And, and that's worked out really well for us. I, I personally enjoy it because I get to meet the people directly. Um, I don't get to get out as much to consumers as I'd certainly like to, and uh, it's physically impossible. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of information on the Internet that isn't reliable, uh, but the bloggers have a lot of followers, and the followers know them, trust them, and do pay attention to them. And it's a treat for us uh, to be able to do that and show them what we can do and really be truly transparent. Uh, you know, and our attendees, the bloggers, then, you know, they share their experience with their followers, and it helps us tell our story. And, and it, they do it in their words, not ours. Uh, we Obviously, when we bring them in, it, they're not required to write anything. And certainly we do not uh, tell them, well, we'll let you come see us if you only get a positive review. It's completely up to them. Now, we will share product with them, but... Uh, uh, but the big opportunity is to say, okay, come see it for yourself and tell us what you think when it's done. And you know what? It's been very rewarding for all of us. It's it's very energizing. You know, when, and one of the things that gets bandied around these days in the spirit of, of educating consumers is truth and labeling and transparency. Those are the, Those are big words that get bandied around a lot these days. We see that it's very important to us that what's on the label in that ingredient panel is truly in the product right up to the best buy date and beyond if possible. And we do 16,000 tests a month on raw materials and finished goods to help with that. And, you know, it's it's our way of assuring we can have the highest quality product at the best possible price. We believe that to provide consumer trust and, and consumer or get consumer trust and consumer reliability, uh, we need to make sure that what we do is is what what we say is what we do, and that that label information is accurate. And it's part of our core values. I mean, we we operate the on core values for doing the right things for the right reason each and every day. And that's another interesting element that the. Uh, we found that the influencers and bloggers write about is they talk about, wow, this is a family-owned company that really does want to tell the truth. And if they make a mistake, they admit it and they make it right. And, uh, you know, it's a, a responsible approach to it. Uh, you also, when I think about transparency, you know, another topic that's germane these days to discuss is uh, GMO labeling. And, you know, there are a lot of different views on this. Uh, there are a lot of people uh, in the science realm that believe, well, GMOs help feed the world. They're safe. Well, we, we can't debate the fact that they can help feed the world. We just philosophically do not agree that GMOs can be declared safe because there just hasn't been enough information around uh, with genetically modified ingredients. And as a company... For several years now, we've been very transparent about the number of GMO products that, that we sell. Uh, we've got an infographic that we've had on our website for about three years that is a scorecard. It tells people uh, how many of our supplements are non-GMO, how many of our foods are, are non-GMO, and the like. And, you know, we're pleased to report for some time 
of our food products, 100% of them have been non-GMO. We've applied for non-GMO certification, but that's a long process and takes time. But through the uh, uh, geneal lot genealogy that we've done, we've found that they, they are free of GMOs from the science that we have. We also uh, are very honest about our supplements. Some of our supplements have ingredients in them that could have GMO sourced uh, problem of uh, uh, derivatives. All these things together, uh, and they really are resources that we believe can help consumers. This backdrop in place, let's dig a little deeper into some of these other trends that are sort of driving consumer interest in the natural and organic space. I know that one of them is probiotics, which are no longer regulated to capsules and yogurts. Can you describe what you're seeing in terms of innovation in this space and why consumers are so attracted to these ingredients? We are seeing uh, more innovation in probiotics than we have in a long time. And uh, by innovation, we also are seeing a lot of science, uh, scientific research, and, and even in some cases, some really solid clinicals coming out of uh, digestive products and probiotics. I mean, gut, gut health, digestive health, and immunity are really top wellness concerns to a lot of consumers. It, you know, it's really interesting, and the probiotics, to your point, have expanded beyond, you know, different formats like capsules and yogurt. I mean, uh, they've gone into many functional foods. I mean, look at the number of, of food products uh, that are enhanced with the presence of probiotics. You know, in addition to the capsules and the powders and the chewables, that uh, uh, probiotics have really become a part of a consumer's everyday health regimen. I know it's it's a part of mine, and we've seen uh, good research coming up on topical products and the topical use of probiotics for having skin health benefits. And you know, it could very easily be that personal care will be one of the next frontiers that the consumers are going to be interesting in. So clearly there's a lot of versatility and opportunity there, but I also know that not all probiotics are the same, that there's lots of different strains and they do different things. And I understand that now has invested in some technology to help ensure that its probiotic products use the strains that you want and are pure. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, thank you, thank you for asking about it. We're really excited about the, what we've done and, and that right now we're the only natural products manufacturer that uses a, a, a new technology that was uh, trademarked by DuPont and patented by DuPont and it's called a riboprinter system and it uses DNA fingerprinting technology to identify the specific strains of bacteria as well as unknown microorganisms. And it helps us better identify the, the purity of the products and what's in the product. Remember earlier I mentioned the uh, uh, concept or, or tenet that we believe in that if it's on our label, it needs to be in our product. And that may seem like a very common sense thing. Uh, most people would think, well, yeah, if it's on your label, it should be in your product. Well, we're putting science behind it to confirm that. And we can really tell that, okay, if we have a, a species of lactobacillus that uh, that we've called out on the label, we can prove that it's actually there. And more importantly, we can prove it in the raw material before we even begin the manufacturing process of the, the finished product. It's a great opportunity. It provides greater label transparency. You know, it helps prove the product safety and efficacy and uh, really, really 
hopefully will support consumer trust. I, the last blogger group that we had in uh, saw the system, and it, it really is. Uh, it looks simple, although the it, the science behind it is is relatively complex. But when they saw that we actually had made that commitment, they couldn't believe it. They're like a manufacturer has this capability. Well, we feel that more manufacturers will adopt it too. And if, if that's the case, then you know what? All the better for the consumers and, and the trust proposition that we have for all of them. Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit to another trend that you guys highlighted and that I've noticed when I walked the show floors in the past year, and that's a lot of products offering stress relief. Can you yeah. talk about what's, what's driving consumer desire or need for these products? People are more stressed out than ever, and and many are turning to natural alternatives, including supplements. I uh, Sometimes when I'm, I'm traveling, I'll, I'll be sitting at a, a gate waiting for a, a flight to board, and I'll have a now shirt on, and somebody will be aware of who we are, and uh, they'll say, hey, what, what's the latest thing for stress? Well, you know, it, it really depends on, on what type of stress you're under, the, the biochemical uh, uh, makeup of your metabolism. But people are turning more to natural products and, and the supplements, and they tend to be adaptogens. And adaptogens are a specific subset of herbal supplements, and more and more they're gaining recognition. You know, these herbs, some of them have been used in Chinese and Ayurvedic medicines for centuries. And they, they've been studied, and some people believe they've been known to help to achieve balance within the body and help it to adapt to everyday stress. And we see more and more questions coming from consumers regarding these types of products. Yeah, so let's talk about these types of products. I mean, you've already mentioned a few of them, but what are some other standout ingredients or applications in this segment that you're seeing? Some examples of it are maca, rhodiola, ashwagandha, Panax, ginseng, and Elythra. And we're already seeing changes in the market and responses, and positive responses, I should say. An example is coming out of spins, and uh, the recent, some of the recent data we showed that the trailing 12 months ending in October of 2015 showed the sales of ashwagandha were up over 57%. And, you know, and that's, that's sales in some pretty significant uh, uh, retail chain, so uh, it's an indicator demand is there. So just like these ingredients are changing, I think we're seeing an overall shift in folks' approach to their diets. And you mentioned this one, and I've also been writing about it a lot, and that's the rise in plant-based products and consumers who consider them flexitarian, so those are the people who eat meat occasionally but really are looking at this vegetarian or vegan diet what's behind consumers' interest in vegan and plant-based diets and how companies like now are rising to meet this demand. 20 years ago, if you were a vegan, you were an outlier, you know, and uh, I, I think that the term flexitarians is not a fad. It's a, it's a reality of where people will go through phases of being pure vegan and, and kind of jump in and out of it, but there's a purpose to it. And, you know, really being a vegan has become a mainstream dietary practice. And it's uh, we're, we're seeing a bigger following of consumers. You see it online. You see it in the blogs. Uh, you see it in, in consumer articles and, and publications and uh, columns. 
and they believe it's not you know just more of an ethical eating behavior, but they're looking for cleaner products overall. Uh, you know, for example, the absence of antibiotics, the ab- absence of curing agents or preservatives in the meat, or uh, ocean contamination of heavy metals and such, and, and fish products. So it, we believe, uh, from what we've seen, that's influenced this trend. And you know, there's trade data too. If you look at, at uh, some of the New Hope uh, Natural Media reports, there's one that stated that 35% of consumers associate being a vegan with health food consumption. And it's particularly recognized in the sports nutrition market where alternative and plant-based proteins are really driving category growth. Uh, We've seen it in a variety of protein years ago. It started out with rice protein and then pea protein came up and other alternatives of non-dairy, non-animal proteins uh, are becoming more and more available. And the general fitness population is using more sports nutrition products as part of their health routines and part of their lifestyle changes. And we're seeing consumers demand cleaner, more familiar ingredients and labels. Uh, And, you know, they're looking at that as a a benefit to their health and also to the environment. Some do look at it that way. And, you know, our line, our now sports line, is, is expanding the variety and the options for more plant-based proteins and alternative products. Uh, we've also got a plant protein project, I'm sorry, complex that uh, uh, offers a non-GMO vegan protein blend of pea, brown rice, hemp, and quinoa protein sources. And we're seeing more and more products uh, available that way. I was Last week was Expo East, and when I did get a chance to walk the part of the floor, a lot more plant-based ingredients were being promoted, uh, more so than I'd seen before. And I can only imagine how many will be available at Expo West. And, and because of that, we're also offering more and more products and supplements in vegetarian two-piece capsules. Uh, matter of fact, we're shifting the majority of our capsules to that, that type of format. And why are we doing it? Well, consumers are asking for it. And so as we've been discussing this whole time, this idea of eating healthier and better for you products really does appeal to a lot of Americans. But the reality is a lot of people are still really time crunched. And I know that when I'm stressed out, I turn to more familiar and definitely less healthy comfort foods. How is industry evolving to sort of address this problem and help keep new converts to healthy eating on track? Well, we're seeing a lot of trends on that. And Fortunately, consumer choices are getting better. We One of the things we believe is that uh, innovation needs to pay attention to what consumers are looking for. What are their concerns? And there needs to be more consumer outreach to learn that. But one of the things that becomes clear to us, and you made this point too, and that means that it's important to offer healthier on-the-go options that really taste good. If they don't taste good, then you know, you're not meeting the consumer expectation either. You know, whether it be a snack or a light meal, so people don't feel they have to fall back to the unhealthier options. And that's really what it is, is a question of options. And consumers today, we believe, are far more familiar with the health benefits of alternative grains like quinoa or uh, other ancient grains than consumers in the past. And as, much, as long as we educate people on what those options are and how they're available and that they can be a convenient choice, then that's a good thing for all. 
And we've introduced a new line of uh, light meal products called Q-Cups. And uh, in our Ellendale brand line, we rolled them out at Expo East. And we, they're a unique concept. Nobody else has quinoa in a ready-to-eat cup, you know, with a lid on it. So you just add water, hot water to it. And we've also offered a uh, option of three different flavors that taste good. And, and again, you know, as you said, when you're under stress, you, you tend to fall back to what choices you have. We're trying to offer better choices so that people don't have to backslide into those unhealthier options. We also know that uh, these uh, on-the-go options are a need for time constraints to address the time constraints is going to carry over not just in foods but in supplements. And, you know, we realize there are going to need to be different delivery methods. Earlier we were talking about other alternatives for probiotics, and that being one of the, the big growth areas. Uh, one of the things we're doing is we're introducing more powders and packets to make it convenient for people to take their supplements with them, particularly if you're traveling on an airplane. I, you know, if you, with this three-ounce liquid limit, that can really restrict you of what will fit with a quart bag if you're trying to carry an overnight bag with you. And powders are a way to, to get past that, that restriction and in a, in a good way. And one example of this is that we've got a new probiotic 10 packet that don't require refrigeration. And you can just add them to water or juice, and you can consume them anywhere, anytime. Great. Well, thanks so much for walking us through some of these trends and innovation that we'll see in 2017. I really appreciate your time and insight, Jim. You're very welcome, Elizabeth. I also want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in for this week's episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. And I hope that you will join us again next week. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford signing off.